What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting preview for this week's Fortinet Championship. Andy Lack on the other side of the table. And Andy, my goodness, you were you were playing golf overseas. You are now breaking down the Fortinet Championship for betting purposes. It's all golf all the time. Yeah, I would not recommend a trip from Europe to where we live on the West Coast in the same day. Like I had Europe to New York is generally fine. But on Saturday, I had breakfast in Bally Bunyan, Ireland and dinner in Los Angeles. I think I hopped like eight time zones. <laughs> um, so I'm still kind of my body clock is a little bit uh, out of sync right now, but I'm kind of resetting and getting back to my baseline right now. I love it. And we are kicking off a new PGA Tour season, which will turn to the President's Cup next week. And then we'll be right back into the groove of everything. The one and done. So I've I've been I've been promoting this. There's going to be two one and dones this year, a season long one that starts this week. Don't be late. No exceptions if you want to get into that. And then the January version, which is much more common. Andy, you and I were saying, uh, you know, you add nine more events, but it's just like remembering to get that pick in every week is the real battle that we have to deal with. Right. I'm super excited for the one and done that we have together with the incorporating the fall swing, just a way to get a little bit more engaged during the fall swing. I mean, I know that's not a problem for guys like you and I that are grinding over this over every single week, but there's still time to join, right? I, I would encourage everybody if you want a little added extra motivation to pay a little bit more attention to some of these fall events. Check it out. You have the link in the on your Twitter or the description or on the website, yep. I assume, something like that. Yep, it'll be in the it'll be in the description. You can click through. I've been tweeting it out for the last couple of days. Wednesday night at basically midnight is the deadline uh for that. That I'm glad you kind of brought up the the motivation behind it because what you said, just wanting a reason to be engaged, is why I signed up for the NFL, the circa millions. Cause I just want like a reason to follow football. So like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways to incentivize yourself here. How'd you do in week one, by the way? I was so, I'm so happy you asked. I was kind of hoping you would, uh, four and one. Huge. I, I'm like, I, like, you know, I, if I would have started one and four, I would have said, okay, it's a long season. No problem. You know, this will not be won or lost in week one, but starting four and one feels very, very good. And I'll just hopefully chip away at it, you know, every single week moving forward. And what is the threshold that you kind of need to make some money in that? Like 56-ish percent, uh, something like that? So uh, I probably, so last year, um, 54 wins cashed. So that's 54 okay. out of 90 potential picks. So that would have been 60%. And then, but- Pretty the good season. But the problem, or not the problem, the thing is like, 60% cashed, but like 65% won the whole thing or something like yeah. that. Like it was very, very tight at the top. So three, three and a half, uh, three and a half points a, a week will certainly get you something, if not everything. Yeah. Well, good start. I mean, that's huge. Getting week one out of the way and yeah. being like, okay, I'm not out of this. That's sure. totally half the battle. <laughs> right. All right. Um, here's the grid. This is the odds checker grid for this week's Fortnite championship. I, I have really just come to terms with this probably being one of the best tools to just assess the betting odds across like, like DraftKings has Max Homa at 10 to one and points bet has him at 16 to one and Maverick McNeely is 22 or 25 and, and Taylor Pendrith is 25. Or, like I just have come to terms with this being the most easy access place to look at odds. 
Yeah, I would encourage everyone to absolutely always shop around. You're going to see this a lot in golf, you know, maybe more so than if you're betting football. It's very rare that you're going to see a against a spread game where one book has it at minus 2.5 and another book has it at minus four, right? You're just, you're not going to see that in football, whereas it's pretty common that sometimes, even if you go a little bit farther down, Rick, like you'll yeah. see guys at one book at 80 to one and 150 to one at another book, right? So I, I found, you know, there seems to be some guys that the markets haven't totally figured out yet. I think probably a lot of that is it being the first event of a new season. Most of these guys that are in the field this week, unless they're playing in the Corn Ferry Tour Finals, have had at least two, three, sometimes a month off from golf. So that's why I think you're seeing some of these price discrepancies and the Bucks kind of having a little bit of a harder time trying to gauge these guys. The three guys shorter than 20 to one are Max Homa, 16 to one at his longest. Uh, Corey Connors, 18 to one. Hideki Matsuyama, same price there. I have been tweeting out and I, I ran the numbers. Last year was the year of the chalk, Andy. More 20 to one or shorter winners than basically ever. More 30 to one or shorter winners than ever. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit to that yet because I don't think I'll be betting any one of these three. I can't get there either. And I know you put out, um, there's a great podcast on kind of breaking down how the favorites in the chalk has really, really performed above what our expert expectation would be the last year. I track that with DraftKings as well. And really over the back half of last season, the more popular plays just absolutely dominated. With that being said, I'm still probably going to end up living in this 30 to 60 range this week. And the two guys that I was able to get 30s on, um, that I have the most interest in this week are Pendrith and Davis. I mean, yep. both are guys that bombed the ball off the tee. If we're looking at comparative courses, I really do like Detroit Golf Club in the sense that both courses are kind of less than imposing off the tee, narrowish fairways, but that Kentucky bluegrass rough that is pretty easy to get those wedges out of. So you get two longer players like Pendrith and Davis that aren't just really great drivers of the ball, really underrated wedge players as well who can putt. Um, those would probably be the two guys that I have the most interest in. What about you? Yeah, the, they're certainly going to be the first two clicks that I've made. Pendrith feels square, but like I don't care at this point. Week one, everything points in his direction. And then Cam Davis is kind of... Um, it's, it's funny. Greg Ducharme was saying on the first cut yesterday that Cam Davis and Taylor Pendrith are basically what we hoped Cam Champ would be, which is right. like, like they bomb it, but they have other skills that they can get around with. And Davis has been phenomenal. That number, DraftKings has the worst number on Cam Davis at 22. Basically anywhere else you can get him closer to 30. I, it, I think I'm going to keep a, a fairly tight card this week. I probably won't get down to the super long shots. If I started with Pendrith, Davis, maybe even Emiliano Grillo, who's figured out the putter as of late and capped it off with Taylor Montgomery at 50. Like I'd almost be comfortable moving into moving into the Fortnite championship on Thursday morning with those four guys. Right. So let's, I want to, I, I'm glad you brought up Montgomery because I wanted to ask you about him. It seems to me on both DraftKings and in the betting markets, there seems to be a consensus that Pendrith is the best of these graduates. Do you, do you feel, or sorry, Montgomery, do you, do you feel that way? Or do you feel like Montgomery is not necessarily head and shoulders above everyone else, but if you're thinking about a macro buy on any of the Corn Ferry Tour guys, do you think Montgomery is the one that you really want to pay the most attention to? I definitely think he's probably 
one a or one B. I think Carl Yuan is very interesting as kind of a modern golfer. I think that in a lesser, a lesser tier, I'm excited about the natural progression of Justin Suh and the natural progression of Austin Eckroat. But what Taylor Montgomery did, which is pile up a bunch of top tens, gain double digits of strokes to the field on a regular basis. That's hard to find on the corn Ferry tour. Cause a lot of guys on the corn Ferry tour, uh, they win once they get a runner up and a third and like, that's enough to earn their card. And they're very, very inconsistent. Montgomery's not that he's much more consistent than a lot of his peers are. Yeah. And as you see, you can't really fake your way into an 11th place finish at Torrey Pines, by the way, another West coast course with somewhat similar agronomy. So yeah, that's he is on my radar. Justin Suh is on my radar. We'll talk about one or two more kind of longer shot guys that I that I have on my radar as well in terms of the Corn Ferry Tour guys. All right. So that those are the four, at least for me, kind of 50 to one or shorter. As we step a little bit longer than that, Justin Suh at his longest 60. He's coming off that win in the Corn Ferry uh, Championship. Thomas Dietrich's making the trip back from Europe as well. Andy, maybe he was on your flight. No, I don't know. No, no, didn't <laughs> see him, unfortunately. All right. So as we step kind of longer than these 50s to 60s, any names here that are catching your attention? Uh, Chris Kirk and Troy Merritt. I mean, let's just keep going with the Detroit Golf Club comparison, right? Like Troy Merritt and Chris Kirk, for that matter, have both been really, really excellent at Detroit Golf Club. And, you know, Kirk is a guy that this Kirk's pretty popular most weeks. Uh, you know, regardless of course fed and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I see him sitting down here in kind of the 60 to one range, 7,900 on DraftKings. You know, I, I wouldn't have blinked if they had Kirk at 35 to one or nine K on DraftKings. So I think you're getting a pretty decent buy low opportunity on Kirk and Merritt's another one of those guys that you want to play him in these easier scoring courses, right? This is a guy that won the Barbasol who won right. quick and loans at 18 under par, who always shows up at Detroit golf club at the Byron Nelson. Like this is a guy that is an elite putter, particularly on these types of greens and is the guy that consistently, consistently raises his baseline in easier scoring conditions. Yeah, basically all of that goes into the sim that I ran a thousand times on rickrungood.com. Troy Merritt won it four and a half percent of the time. That's a ton for a guy who's 50 to one. So you you mentioned it. It, it loves upside. It kind of loves the ability to tap into, uh, you know, course fit or course history. And Troy Merritt graded out really, really well for at least those first 1,000 sims. And he is uh, 60 to one at its at his longest. Now, as we dive, Andy, and continue to, to keep going here, we start to see a lot of newcomers and a lot of discrepancies. Nick Hardy, uh, I won't continue to rag on DraftKings. They have the best number available on Nick Hardy, 90 to 1 by a mile. Some places have him at 65 to 1. But this is where you start to see not only the odds makers, but everyone is trying to figure out what about these new young guys and how do they compare to some of the guys who have more PGA Tour experience? Yeah. And, and and I think that's why you're going to see more of the, disc we know a little bit more about Hardy than we do about Juan. Um, Hardy played a fair amount on the PGA tour last year. I, I definitely was on the Hardy bandwagon and, and a couple of those starts. He also kind of overcome came an injury. He yes. was battling some injuries last year as well. And so kind of take, take some of what you saw last year, especially on the PGA tour with a grain of salt. He's probably another 
macro buy that you probably want to keep your eye on one i i want to see it a little bit more first i i i He's got the crazy swing. Have you mm-hmm. seen this, Rick? Yeah. Are you familiar with it? Where he kind yeah. of swings the club back over over his head, and <laughs> and he's got some interesting footwork. Um, he will be fun to watch, but I don't think I'm there yet. From in terms of my own personal investment, is this a bomb week? Like, are you willing to live in the bombs? Like I mentioned, I I I like the natural progression for Austin Eckert. Will I bet him at one thirty to one this week? Probably, probably not. But like, are there bombs to be made? Ken Silverado. And having it be the first week of the year introduce enough volatility where it's worth a couple of flyers down here. Uh, to answer your question about volatility, absolutely. I mean, this is a course we talk about it all the time on here. What I really tend to look out is what courses separate t- elite T to green play. Like that is the number one thing that I'm looking at when having a conversation about volatility. And Silverado doesn't do that as much, right? The advantage that somebody like John Rahm or even Hideki Matsuyama would have at a course like Silverado does not go as far T to green as it would at a course like Torrey Pines. There are a lot of reasons for this. One of those reasons is that there are a ton of short to medium length par fours, ton of approach shots from a hundred and a hundred to 150 yards. So there you go. The guy who's kind of the worst in the field it, you know, there's not going to be as much separation when he and Hideki are both hitting a wedge on every hole versus he and Hideki are hitting a four on on every hole. So I absolutely was looking at some bombs. I'll, th- I'll give you out one long shot that I really yeah. like another corn fairy tour guy. How about Michael Kim who, uh, has won on the PGA tour before, you know, Michael Kim won the John Deere classic, which is another birdie fest with similar agronomy where you kind of have to do similar things as you're going to have to do at Silverado this week. I believe his, 13.5-ish strokes putting was kind of up there with Cantlay as one of the best putting performances ever when he won the John Deere. He won that tournament by eight strokes. And then, Rick, I mean, he fell off a cliff. I mean, it was really, really bad there for a while. Look at that. He missed, what, 20 cuts in a row, something like that? He missed every cut of 2019, and the only two that he made the weekend were no-cut events. It was the Tournament of Champions and the CJ Cup, and he finished last in both of those. Oh my goodness! It's it's yeah. an unbelievable. It's all, honestly, if he wins this year, they should turn. It should be a, like a Disney movie, right? I mean, like, how can you not root for this guy who lost his card because he missed basically every cut for three years after setting a scoring record on the PGA Tour, and now he's back, and now he's like playing well on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's gaining strokes in like twelve straight and fifteen of sixteen. I'm 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 just happy for him, really. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, and look at look at those Corn Ferry Tour results. He's played 28 times. I'm looking at here my numbers on the Corn Ferry Tour. 16 top 30 finishes. Played the Barbasol on the PGA Tour. It's his only PGA Tour start of the year and gains over nine strokes ball striking at the Barbasol. So if you're looking for a guy that actually has shown at a PGA Tour level, he could win at this level. And He's clearly a very streaky player. When it's bad, it's bad. And when it's good, he can win PGA Tour events. Um, I got him at 150 to 1. I think he's a guy to keep your eye on. I hope so, man. I'd be so stoked for him to pull that off. Okay, Uh, let's talk matchups here. So I've got a couple loaded up from DraftKings, and you can kind of see the direction that they're going here. It's Chris Kirk versus Thomas Dietrich. It's Max Homa as a big favorite over Corey Connors and Kevin Streelman over Mark Hubbard. As I scroll through these, Andy, is there, there there's two that I think have my attention the most, but I, I want to see if you kind of get to a similar place or another direction. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I like Patrick Rogers this week, a fair amount. I think that's a pretty decent spot for him over Brendan Todd. I don't love that juice that you're laying at minus one thirty, but you know, you want to talk about a guy who consistently raises his baseline in California. This is a Stanford guy. He finished six here last year. I think Rogers is, you know, about as frustrating as it gets in terms of how much he's underachieved on the PGA tour versus what his profile was coming out of Stanford. But if you're going to roll out Patrick Rogers, you probably want to roll him out on West coast events with bad fields, right? Where he can bomb the ball off the tee and hopefully catch a hot putter. So I kind of like that Rogers over Todd matchup. There was the one that caught my eyes the most. Yeah, there's also a through line um, in terms of like the easier par five scoring that you that you tend to get here at Silverado and Rogers on easy fives. There's like top five guys, so he can he can kind of take apart those. The two that had my attention, um, Emiliano Grillo over Davis Riley. So this is kind of hey, do we do we buy that Emiliano has uh, found something with the putter? Are we worried about the? struggles for davis riley down the stretch i think i think we can probably both agree we're all talent davis riley's a better golfer last 36 rounds in the head-to-head matchup tool i actually have grillo as a little bit of a favorite about 54 percent of the time and right now he is i believe yeah plus 105 on a pretty big number from davis riley at minus 130 and riley has struggled down the stretch which i don't know if that's concerning enough for you andy yeah no and not only has riley struggled more so down the stretch Grio really kind of started to come on over, over the course of the season. I think he finished what second at both John Deere and three M three M and John Deere. Yeah. Which are both also, you know, easier scoring courses, somewhat similar agronomy. Right. And you know, this is a guy you want to talk about wedge play. Grio has that in spades. So I, I'm with you there on the Grio over Riley matchup. The other one was, the big juice on Hideki minus one thirty. I'm, I'm not quite there yet on Hideki. Cam versus Cam Davis at plus one hundred five. Davis has been awesome, and Hideki's been all over the yard. Now I don't know how much of the Hideki weird DQ and WDs and poor play we can associate with the lingering live stuff, which might be over. I guess, right. You know, he didn't go after the tour championship. Uh, maybe he's now past it and, and, and we get the decky of old. I'm not quite there yet. And Davis has been awesome. We already talked about betting him out, right. Betting him plus one Oh five against a very volatile decky. Matsuyama is a click. I will definitely make. Yeah. I mean, has the dust settled with Hideki and live who can say it seems like for the time being it has maybe that, helps him in terms of there's a little bit of a weight off his shoulder in terms of all these lingering questions surrounding his career. But I agree. I think that's a big, big number on a guy that probably has more of an advantage on a harder golf course, right? I mean, right. it's it, it, the, can this guy get to 20 under par stuff always tends to get a little overblown in my opinion, right? But do you really want to roll out Hideki fairly often in a birdie fast not that he hasn't been able to do it before i think he won the sony open last year at 20 under but do you really want to roll him out on a course where you need a very very good putter to at the very baseline compete versus a guy like cameron davis who has shown you know probably over the last two years at least more consistent putting 
Yeah, if you care about the numbers and you care about the last 36, Cam Davis is uh, half a stroke better per round. He gains zero, one, two, and three strokes uh, much more frequently than than Hideki does. So uh, that's that's one that, as I was scrolling through, grabbed my full attention. Okay, uh, I want to talk one and done. Uh, but Andy, we actually we redid we redid the ad for your uh, for your pod, and we've got the new logo in there. So we're gonna run it right now. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. What do you think? How'd we do? That was incredible. Did you write that script yourself? Yeah, of course I did. Who do you think I have a script writer over here? Oh my God, that was so good. No, and I love the shout out to Blue Wire too. I knew that I needed a logo upgrade for quite some time. I actually had a couple people reach out to me in DMs and be like, hey, dude, we I'm a graphic designer. Like I can I can upgrade your logo, the emoji thing. I think you're a little above that now. So shout out to the team at Blue Wire for the very necessary upgrade. Yeah, looks looks great. Color scheme looks good. And uh yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Okay. Uh one quick housekeeping item. Uh the the props are not available yet. Uh, via prize picks. So we're going to roll on without those. I can cover them on the Wednesday live chat. I'm interested to see what they do with fairways, Andy, because I think you, you were all over this in your article on rickrungood.com. Like they're, I guess they're narrow fairways that guys don't hit often, but it doesn't stop them from pulling driver. So I think what you're going to find is the fairway hit percentage is going to be much lower than like effectively hindering these guys. So I'm interested to see if prize picks will accurately lay fairway props numbers. Yeah. Historic driving accuracy at Silverado is like 52%, which compared to the tour average of 62, that's comically low. And the reason for that, as you kind of mentioned, guys don't even try and hit fairways. They don't really care The the narrow fairways do not deter them from hitting driver one bit because the playability out of that bluegrass rough on a short course is very fair. So yeah, I would just at a macro level, be probably hammering down on, on those fairway props. All right. If you want to get set up for that, there's a link in the description. You can use the code Rick. It's a hundred dollar uh, deposit match. Obviously there are, believe it or not, other sports going on. So I know there are a ton of football props and college football props and everything else rocking and rolling over there at prize picks. But Andy, um, yeah, this is no weeks off one and done time. Now, how are you kind of adjusting for, I think it's nine additional events that you are going to have to select if your one and done starts this week, which is what the run and done uh, does. How is that impacting somebody you might use or might not use this week? Not as much as you would think, right? Like we talk about this a lot about how you played one and done wrong if you have elite players left at the end of the season, right? Right. So I'm not, you know, there's probably three guys in the field that I'm saying to Corey Connors, Hideki Matsuyama, and Max Homa that I'm saying to myself, yeah, I probably want to save these guys for maybe a little bit of a bigger purse. Um, But, you know, Pendrith, 
Cam Davis, Davis Riley, Sahith. Like, I do not think that you need to go past 40 to one this week, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I thought, um, I, I basically drew the line at Grillo, right? A guy who yeah. has won, won at this golf course, is putting better, has been a historically good ball striker, had a couple of runner-up finishes in his last, last five starts. But but those guys, Davis, Pendrith, uh, Sahith, uh, like, and and Grillo, like th- those those are the guys. You could even argue, I'll save McNeely for for Pebble Beach. I I would argue I'll save Cam Davis and Pendrith for those summer birdie fests. Uh, like I'm I'm probably rolling out Grillo here in most spots. Who do you think ends up being the most popular for one Pendrith. and done selection? Yeah, probably Pendrith, right? I think Pendrith yeah. is just catching all the steam everywhere, and it's and it's it's listen, it's warranted, right? I I there's there's no knock against him. I get it, but I think he will. I think he will be one of, if not the most popular one and done selections this week. Yeah. I kind of like Sahith too. Sahith is an interesting one that maybe seems to be getting squeezed a little bit. Are we going to do our head to head one to done this one and done this year as well? Oh, we could. Yeah. Do you want to keep track of this? Hold on. Let me, let me uh, get word from Mina so she can get the, uh, the, the sheet up. Yeah. Do you want to, so let me count the events here. I think it's 40. 44 or 46 or something. Yeah, like but that. a couple of them are okay. It's 42 because a couple of them are opposite field. So it's 42 events the Fortinet to the BMW Championship and none of the opposite field events. That that's, works for me. That's the schedule. Okay. All right. Oh, man. Now I got to make it official. Um, okay. I'll go with Grillo. Are you going to go with Seth? No, I'll go with Pendrith. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll go with Pendrith. Maybe Sahith in the run and done. But I think if it's just the two of us, we'll do, I'll do Pendrith. All right. Fair enough. There we go. Those are the picks for this week. Um, okay. We're back at it, Andy. Any any final thoughts before before we get out of town? Uh, none. Are we going to do a little President's Cup next week, too? Yes, I think we will. So Good. there... I believe there was DFS for Ryder Cup, if I'm imagining. I'm definitely remembering that correctly. So I imagine there will be President's Cup, which is kind of interesting. And then we'll have the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you get a lot of fun stuff, at least from the betting side of things, with you know top American point scorer, top international point scorer. There'll probably be like top debutante. It'll be... Um, it'll be interesting, especially from the international side. I'll try to work the Immelmans to see who's playing five, five sessions, right? Cause that'll go a long way. See if I can get a little insider trading going on and we, maybe we can make some money off of it. Are you one of last question? Are you one of the people that got down on the USA at minus three fifty or something like that before? I think it's, in my opinion, it's completely unbettable now. But I think, are, are you one of those people that kind of got down in the minus 300 range? I did, uh, but not for Me a too. lot. It was mostly it was mostly just a, I'm positive this line is going to move as soon as, like, I know these guys are going, and I know this line is going to move immediately, like, as soon as it happens. So it was almost just like I wanted to prove that I knew that I was going to get a better line. I don't love betting. I think it was minus 330 is what I got of that. Like I I don't love making a habit of that in a highly volatile team golf format, but I I think the the US probably just rolls them. I completely agree. I mean, it would go down as, you know, miracle on ice, the Giants Super Bowl over the undefeated. Like it would it would go down as one of the the more surprising upsets in in sports. And I'm sure we'll talk about it. I like the guys that 
Trevor picked. Like I, for Quail Hollow, I'm like, okay, yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. I there are sometimes you get captain selections and you're like, have have they ever watched this guy play golf? Have they ever like looked at his uh, strengths and weaknesses? I thought Trevor did a great job, but I, I just think they are severely outmatched. Obviously. Yeah, there's just a talent gap. All right, well, it'll still be fun. We'll talk about it. I love team competition, so I'm uh, I'm excited for next week, my friend. Andy Lack, available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Fortnite Betting Championship, Fortnite Championship Betting Preview. Try that again. Best of luck this week. Talk to you guys soon.